Hello, you beautiful internet you, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Careful Cantrip, where a group of friends... Nope, that's not the intro. It's been a while since I've actually done this. <laughs> welcome to our summer of one-shots, where we have a ton of wonderful, wonderful, exotic, and beautiful DMs who are joining us to tell a tale by the campfire, or as they wish. Tonight, we have none other than my good friend, probably the most erotic DM that I know, Dead Aussie Gamer. <laughs> Give him a round of applause. All right. Well, welcome one and all. My name is Michael. I'm the Dead Aussie Gamer, and I will be taking you deep, deep below the lands of my homebrew world of Olestria, where in which the clan holds of the Stoutlands, home to the dwarves, uh, is currently abuzz with uh, news that a new dungeon has been found. But that's not where we're going to be taking our players because that's really cool and there's lots of really awesome things in there. However, the one thing that stops all adventurers from delving into these kinds of dungeons has impeded the Dwarven Kingdoms. A large door with strange and mysterious white writings. The metal and materials uh, so dense and so formidable that even the greatest of the mining tools afforded to the Dwarves seems to have no effect on it. It is now a mad scramble for the Dwarven Kingdoms, the various clan holds, to try and rally their men, their women, their children, to try and find a way to penetrate this ominous-looking structure and get to the treasure within. To this end, we find ourselves in a hospital. There, lying on a bed, is an old dwarf, an elderly and frail-looking individual who seems to be attached to a series of strange-looking instruments, uh, most carved in stone, while some are uh, made of glassware. It almost looks like this person is uh, part man, part apothecary. This that stands before, that lies before you, should I say, is none other than Gallen Bronzefoot, a very wealthy entrepreneur who had come to his wealth through the various lucrative bronze mines that he had afforded throughout the leftist outlands surrounding him are an unusual group not relatives friends or doctors but dungeon delvers some of the best that the dwarven kingdoms can afford could i have you introduce your characters please uh starting with a description beginning with uh who's on my farron all right farron uh is a dwarf um she is uh she's got like a blonde white hair um kind of kind of short up to her shoulders um and she's got these like uh bright ambery yellowy orangey eyes um and she's adorned in like clerical outfit she's got chainmail on but on top she has like the symbol of like this glowing flame uh on her cloak or material that's sitting on top of her chain mail. Uh, and she is probably uh, sitting down uh, with her like forearms on her knees and she's like playing with this lighter that she's sort of, sort of like a Zippo lighter, or whatever. She's like flipping it open and closing it. And every time she opens it, it's sort of got like a blue flame. Um, yeah. It's cleric too. Did I say that? I forgot. Sorry. Uh, next up, we have standing adjacent a uh, rather 
uh, rather burly, strong, and mighty dwarf, uh, Priscilla. Priscilla Sugarbee. I, I almost feel like I don't need to explain this, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. Um, she has orange hair, uh, bangs that cover her eyes with two large sort of like space buns, I think is what girls call that hairstyle. Um, along with a, an extremely large maul um, that she carries on her back and a sort of kilt um, and a plummeting neckline showing just a very tasteful amount of cleavage. Very nice, very tasteful. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the bed, um, across from the large stone instrument, we see a, uh, a, rather, wi a rather wise and somewhat charismatic looking character Tordek. With Tordek, what you see is he's completely bald, and with his dragon ancestry, he has golden tattoos that go across his forehead and down his eyes. Uh, he has a long beard that goes basically to the middle of his belly, white ashy on the outside, gold trim on the middle. He wears bright, flashy robes, mainly in reds and golds, uh, symbolizing his in touch with his heritage. And constantly on his side or in his hand, he carries his orb, which he has carved into like a dragon eye as his spell focus orb. Very nice. And lastly, at the foot of the bed, Yukon. Standing at the foot of the bed, you see a figure with a look of stone on his face, eyes piercing, a golden auburn, long flowing beard downward, no mustache to be had on this one, with long hair that throws back, little trinkets throughout it the long cloak that he wears over his shoulders, the only thing you can see from his hands is the metal of his armor that's yet to be seen. Mm. The figure on the bed wearily opens his eyes and says, It's very weird of you to be narrating your description to me. <laughs> but I suppose in these times my old eyes aren't quite what, <coughs> what they used to be. I've summoned you all here because, as you know, everyone is talking about the great door of Brio, wanting to know what secrets and treasures lie within, but little do they understand what it is they seek. You see, many years ago, in old Brio, the old and shut down mines, the words and writings that are now emblazoned upon this door were found deep cut into stone. But my mining company found <coughs> evidence of this and I believe that it holds the key to opening and accessing the dungeon. A great reward is being offered to any 
who can help get through the door and usher in another age of wealth for the Dwarven kingdoms. But we have something they do not. The tablet found in my mine is still there. Unfortunately, due to a, a terrible accident, the Dwarven miners were forced to retreat into the bunkers the bunkers themselves sealed away and word from the mines being lost. This was decades ago now, barely a memory still stuck rattling in my old mind. <coughs> if there is one last thing I could do before I pass, it is to make more money. So I have asked you, the four of you, to come here and undertake a perilous journey, to go to Old Brio, disarm the traps and find the tablet, return it here, and I will ensure that you're rewarded, not only with whatever treasure may remain within the vault itself, but with a good portion of the stipends provided by the Paragon for the opening of the vault. You'll see Yukon's eyes kind of light up a little bit at the mention of the word Paragon. Aye. If you say it be true, we'll go take a look for your old man. And what of the rest of you? Would you like think. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead with that. <laughs> I see bringing the siblings together was good. You will need to work together and be in sync in order to really overcome many of the challenges. I think that sounds mighty fine to me, sir. I think that we should spit on it and she'll flip her lighter clothes and put her hand out, spit in her hand and then put her hand out. Uh, as he tries to raise his hands, you can see these tubes going into his wrists, like attached oh. to various like like bladders. And he's he's trying to to like reach out, but he he uh, he apologizes. I'm, your word is is strong, and your bond is understood. That's that's fine, I guess. And she'll just rub the spit off her clothes. <laughs> Please add glob of spit to your inventory. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, might come in handy. <laughs> My dear friend, you have remained cautiously silent. What say you, Tordek of the Arcane? I, this would be a great honor and a pleasure to figure out what is behind that door. You can count on me. And he sits there and just rubs his ball on oh, his orb. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Now, as you leave, Gatsby will provide you with a map and resources for travel. Take with you this. He reaches around his neck and pulls out what looks to be uh, two separate keys that come together in his hand and form a single 
uh, mechanism, almost like a, a cylinder with several uh, moving parts. He says, this is the only way in. To breach the doors, you must go into the office in the storage came chambers and unlock the, the vault from outside. It can only be done with these keys. Do not lose them. Treat them as you would your lives. And he hands you the, uh, the, the tumbler. All right. <laughs> uh, Priscilla's going to reach out and put it just kind of like in her bra. <laughs> 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 uh, as you do so, um, she, he, the old man grabs hold of your arm. Um, while he seems to be trying to hold on tightly, his, his grip is almost like that of a child as he goes, remember, dangers, do not succumb, stay strong, don't get in too deep, as he then passes out. And roll, roll intro. Yeah. Nice. Nicely done. <laughs> intro time. Ready, go. Our heroes find themselves in a dark, dank chamber, unworked stone of the mines rattling around beneath their feet. The old uh, iron rails that used to travel mining carts up and down this small chamber are uh, all that lie be before them as they travel through the dark. As they move, they take a moment to, I guess, discuss, as they have never worked together before, the methods and particularities of how they will travel once they approach the dungeon. The scene is yours. I can. Uh, this is basically a campfire scene. Take a moment to discuss anything you would like to pre-arriving at the dungeon and how you'd like to prepare. Priscilla's just fixing her hair, so. <laughs> well, you're always gonna fix your hair like that, Priscilla. I like to look good. You should try it. That's kind of rude. I think I look just fine. Oh, no, you do. Mm. <laughs> so are well, we going to discuss the caves or are we going to discuss our hairstyles? I think we should discuss the caves. That's, that's what I'm trying to say to Priscilla here. But instead, Priscilla wants to be rude to me. So, yeah, let's just focus on I the caves. Do both. What do you think, Tordek? I'm not 100% sure what to think. All I know is if it comes to anything magical, that'll be my expertise. I don't know. What do you bring to the table? What kind of skills do you think you can bring inside here? 
uh, Farron will flip her lighter open and she'll say, well, I certainly like burning things. Hopefully there's something that I'll get to burn. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this pent up <clears throat> energy. Uh, Just be sure to stay away from my buns. All right. That's what you really want. I could do a fancy haircut for you. I've seen these these uh, short videos. I don't know if they exist in this world or not, but in my head they exist where they actually take a lighter and they just burn your hair instead of cutting it. We could try that later if you want. No. All right. Any. So what do you bring to the table, Dan? Well, I've got this hammer. She slams her, her maul into the floor. And I'm pretty tough. That is pretty tough. What about you, Yukon? You're so quiet over there, scheming away, probably. You'll see Yukon kind of standing off to the side with a piece of flint rock in his hand, sharpening a small dagger. What do I bring to the table? While you talk about fancy haircuts and fire blazing in any way, I can tell you I've spent many, many a day down in the mines. I know what to expect. And based on what I'm hearing, you're loud, you're bright, you're magic. You're all as good as dead. We're not walking into little candy lands. There's sharp down there. There's dark down there. And if you follow my lead, you might make it out alive. No one's I been- I have the power of the dragon's ancestry protecting me. I don't think you, I think you underestimate my abilities. I hope that I do. But I'll tell you now, the darkness is everyone's friend down there. Be wise. Be soft. Be quiet. Or you'll end up like me. And he'll pull up his sleeves, revealing that, in fact, both of his arms have been lopped off. Now, having some kind of metal prosthetic on either side. If you wish to keep your hands, you'll listen to what I say. All right. With this image, with this image burned inside your minds, you uh, continue traveling until eventually you come to a large chamber of worked stone. The architecture very clearly dwarven. Uh, and there are words written in Dwarvish along the walls, uh, which says uh, effectively emergency exit uh, bunker 483Y, which matches the coordinates on your map. As you uh, make your way in, you see if we can go to the map, please. Ooh, map time. Also, since we're taking a quick break, anybody have any uh, ETA on the music? Do we have any right now? I don't know. <laughs> quick question here. Uh, you should be hearing some music right about. Okay, good, good. I was just worried that it wasn't uh, Tech Goblins Goddess. No, no. 
Can you guys hear that? Mm. Uh, I can't, but if other people soft. can. It's faint. Oh, oh, I hear it now. I hear it now. Okay. All right. It should be very subtle. Okay. All right. The chamber you arrive in is a large and open space. There are doors to both the east and the west, but the most prominent door is directly in front of you to the north. A large, heavy iron door that seems to depict uh, two dwarves, one with a pick, one with a hammer, both of them clutching their, um, their prospective um, tools in hand, crossing over, almost if to bar or to tell you to not proceed further. These giant uh, effigies that are carved into the iron are uh, both intimidating to beasts, but also serve as a dire warning to any who might try to take from the clan holds. Uh, as you enter as well, you notice that the ground here is just laden with dust. Um, with your dark vision, which all of you have, yes, I know, um, you can see that the uh, the dust here is like um, is just kind of billowing and mostly have gathered in the corners. No one has come here in many, many, many years. If you don't like, I can burn away these cobwebs and she'll just flip open her lighter and literally start, it, it'll be a yellow flame. She'll start trying to burn all the cobwebs away. Uh, as you do so, please make me a reflex save. <laughs> you die. <laughs> Which is a dexterity check in bag terms. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Dirty uh, 20. Nice. Uh, as the flames ignite the uh, the cobwebs, they <laughs> spread uh, throughout the actual room itself, giving it a, a moment of illumination. Uh, it is here and in a fleeting moment that you suddenly see blood on the walls. Now, dark vision traditionally um, is um, black and white. You can't actually see in color. However, this momentary flash of actual light has revealed the stains that actually line this wall. It looks as though someone uh, had lost quite a great deal of vital fluids in this chamber. There is the source uh, not clear. There is no body, there is no, uh, no bones or anything like that around you. Is this where you lost your arms, Yukon? Yukon, I'll just kind of look over and give a dirty look towards Farron. <laughs> I'd like to walk over to the blood and kind of swipe my finger on it to see how fresh it is. Um, it is uh, dried to the wall as you, you, you scrape it off. It is uh, naught but powder at this point. I'll scrape a little bit off and give it a little taste. Uh, there is a an iron-like uh, taste to it. Uh, can I get you to make me a constitution saving throw, please? Can't just be going around licking people's blood, man. Yeah. <clears throat> can you if I want to? <laughs> You're my guest. <laughs> That's going to be a 15. And if it's um, poison, then it's a 17. Uh, it is not a poison. 
but you do taste it, and it's just it just tastes like kind of like dirt and iron. Ale. Ale. Whale. Whale. Oh. <laughs> It is blood. I heard Bale as well. <laughs> All right, so Bale. I'm working yeah. on it. <laughs> Bale? Turn around. All right, thank you very much, everyone. This has been great. Uh, thanks for me. What an adventure. Hordak is going to walk towards the actual door to see if there's any some sort of latch or anything like that that would indicate how to open this thing. Uh, the super large doors do not have any kind of latch or handhold. Um, I'm even going to say that just as a precautionary, you kind of like try to slide and push it. Uh, this thing must weigh at least four or five ton. Um, the actual structure of it is not uncommon to the Dwarven Kingdoms. Uh, what it would actually be is it would be what is called, uh, it is literally called deep iron. Deep iron is one of the most dense materials that is available to the Dwarven Kingdoms. And set into its center is a marble core. Uh, basically just bits of incredibly heavy stone uh, to make moving it nigh impossible without, you know, probably using the mechanism and the like. Vault is definitely the right word. Well, there must be some type of latch or control board to open these doors somewhere. You do still notice that, again, to the west and to the east, there are two smaller doors as well. Priscilla's going to go to the one to the east and just kind of look it over, see if there's um, somewhere where she can fit the key thing that there is given indeed. to. Yeah. Um, well, at least you can see that there is a um, there is an area that allows you to fit part of the key. So as mentioned, there's yeah, a separate split. bit, and then when you combine so I can it. Split yeah. it. Okay. So one of the keys definitely fits within this area. Hey, over here. What'd you find there? Okay. Alright, we'll go over. Well, I figure we can go either here or in the other one. Or maybe you need to do it both at the same time. I don't think we should split the party. Why I've no? never I think heard of anything going wrong when people do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I spend most one. of my time on my own anyway. No, that's not what I'm saying, Yukon. I'm saying that we stay together, Yukon. Not you go have your alone time. You stay with us. How about you change it up for a day? We pick away. We could do any, mini miny, mo. How fast do you run? Mm, <laughs> checking stats. Um, not very fast. Normal. I'd I'll say normal. I'll go with this one then. Just me. What's with you wanting to split the party? As long I'm as I can run it faster. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. is going to turn the key and try to open the door. The east door. As you turn the key, you hear the sounds of stones sliding, almost as if uh, falling down a short distance before you hear this latch turn. The door opens with little resistance. Uh, a small uh, gust of wind from the stale, stagnant air in the chamber beyond suddenly blows in your general direction, revealing... this. A large 
room stands before you with several jars lined up against a lower set of uh, stairs leading slightly higher to an elevated point. Each of these jars uh, seems to have been broken into or smashed uh, to some uh, some degree. Uh, it looks very intentional. Um, it's not as if these, these jars have like toppled over and stuff like that. It looks like someone has gone through and like ramaged or ransacked this place. Um, the chamber beyond uh, seems to have a door leading further to the east. As you enter this place, you hear the sounds of something moving in the dark. You cannot see anything, but definitely hear the sounds of almost like scurrying or, or, or feet moving. Don't like that very much. I don't know about y'all. Could just be cave rats. Well, there's one way to find out. I'm going to use speak with beasts. Oh my god. <laughs> Any rats out there? <laughs> or speak with animals. Yeah, that's what it is. Persuasion check. Sure. Not necessarily good at that. That is a 14. Um, can I don't hear it's not here, Dag, right? Sorry, I don't that's, know. Yeah. That's fine. I've got, <laughs> there I, it is. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, Dag is constantly besieged by a silence wizard. Uh, <laughs> just slowly start to kill him. And yeah, he follows me on streams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, all right. You hear. All I know is I saw this. And I didn't like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is fine. This is fine. This is just this is just someone drinking a sm very small cup of coffee. Totally right. normal. Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. fine. No, no rats here. I'm afraid. And uh, what are you then? Come closer and find out. Okay, so there's there's something really bad over there. What is oh, it? Come now. Really bad is just a matter of perspective. Mm. Is there any way that Priscilla would know that this is probably like a giant spider or something? Uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> you don't converse with spiders very okay. often. Okay. However, I'm going to reward your roleplay with something. You are now arachnophobic. <laughs> right on. I love that. No That's not really roleplaying, though, for Anything that would bring you close to or engage with a spider. I, uh, I think one of you should go first. All right, all righty. What about you, Yukon? You're all like, follow me and you won't die kind of thing. I think you should step up and go first because whatever Priscilla was just talking to scared the shit out of her. I'm not scared. Mm. I beg to differ. I'm cautious. Mm-hmm. Doing that big hammer. What do you got to be nervous about? Yeah, that's true. Yukon's already Don't... starting to make his way. Completely ignoring the. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have the to prove myself to you. Him. All right. <laughs> As you get closer, 
you suddenly find yourself um, up on the, the next ledge door to the east and to the north a large almost um it's like a turnstiled wheel you believe that multiple people would be needed to kind of turn this thing around uh but coiled on top of the wheel you see a giant centipede rising up can dm dave run away am i afraid of centipedes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's uh it's legs one after the other kind of undulating beneath it as it sort of rises up to meet yukon's gaze with no fear in his heart or his eyes to look towards the creature i mean you no harm but if we must we must and I'll take a couple steps closer. As you get closer, um, still hearing the uh, the sounds of the creature's voice, Priscilla, it says, "You are not from the Master's clan hold, and I cannot allow you to pass." I wouldn't go near there. Why? Say, I don't think he likes you. That's too bad then, isn't it? How big is thing, this thing in comparison to, to my size? Um, so giant centipedes by nature are roughly, um, I'd say roughly like maybe about, they're long enough to wrap around your body twice. But as far as like actual girth and height goes, you know, it's about maybe that big in terms right. of just wide. All right, easy, easy. And I'll begin to back away a little bit back to my companions. <clears throat> well, how did it go in there? Yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Really? Miss so, Sugarbee, did you only hear the one voice? Yeah. There's a giant bug. I hate bugs. I... Uh, do you want me to just burn it? I don't like bugs either. Oh, yeah. oh my they god. They will also inherit a uh, entophobia. I am... And don't worry, this is this is important as well. I am in the anthrophobia. <laughs> My God, what's wrong with the both of you? Tordek, you go in there next. Funny how you volunteer other people to do your work. Why don't you come with me? I'll go behind you. How about that? And we'll that? take care of this little bug problem. I'll help translate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. you... Tordek will just start walking in. Karen will follow. Uh, As you do so, once again, the creature uh, raises up to meet your gaze and, and, you know, kind of like, again, does this passing over with like these these little antennae that wiggle like whips and uh, again says, You are not from the Master's clan, old. No, but we could be. We could join. We're looking to join some teams here together. 
Are you recruiting? Yeah, no. But you must be accepted by the master's apprentice. They said no, and that you have to be accepted by the master's apprentice. How do we do that? Where's where's the master's apprentice? Apprentice. Ask, ask her who the master is. Hmm. Who's the master? Who's the master? <laughs> what they said. His gallon bronze foot, and he resides in the cities of the dwarven kingdoms. He tasked me with protecting this place, and I will do so with my last breath. Isn't that the guy who sent us? So I don't beat yeah. a dead horse. I will just relay things. Okay, yes. that's yeah. what's happening here. <laughs> no, I want to hear you do the voice. Yep. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I, just, I already <laughs> forgot the name. Gallon. <laughs> he sent this here. Gallon Bronzefoot yeah. sent this here. That's the guy who warned us about going in too deep. <laughs> uh, Tordek, as a uh, member of the arcane cast of uh, the Dwarven Kingdoms, you would understand very quickly the notion of familiars. Um, this creature is um, there with purpose and is there with a quite a strong modicum of intelligence. This is because when a familiar is assigned or, or should I say acquired by a member of the arcane cast, uh, they adopt a stronger sense of self and personality. This is not just a, a centipede, but likely a spellcasting centipede um, with magic powers granted by the connection between him and his master. Um, also, again, Galen, uh, you had not previously understood to be a member of the same cast as yourself, but uh, would explain how he understood who you were at a gaze. Mm. <clears throat> Should we kill it? Do you still have a connection with your master? Do you still have a connection with your master? Yes, I sense his life force waning. And when he dies, so shall I. But till that time, I will protect his legacy. Then you Boy. should reconnect with him and let him know that he sent us here. So you should let us pass. Yeah. Should, should we kill it? Not yet. No. All right. Okay, make a persuasion check, please, Tordek. That is quite good, and do so with advantage. Persuasion. That's four. 22. 22? Mm-hmm. All right. With the 22, the creature slumps for a moment, its head hanging down, its antennae working and eventually straightens. The master has permitted you passage. We're and he watches go. it crawls down the side of the, uh, the, the, the turnstile. And then it seems to just sort of uh, slink off to a, uh, a small corner. Uh, yeah, just slings off to a small corner to the right and just into like kind of a crack in the wall. Ugh. Tell your master, thank you. Yeah, thanks. 
Thanks a lot. It's clear. You can enter. He won't bother us anymore. See, Tordek, you and I, I think we make a great team. These two little scared cats couldn't do nothing. But together, you and I, we got rid of that thing. Okay, could you talk to a centipede? Priscilla, I've always wondered, what does a bug sound like? Like, exactly what does it sound like? It kind of sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I guessed. I don't like it. Lose 10 XP. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, uh, Dave, is the map updating for you guys? I see a little turning wheel. Oh, it's not updating on. It did on the stream because I yeah. didn't have it open. No, there you go. There we go. There we go. Okay, good. Just I don't know why I keep slipping into a towel, you guys. You don't have to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> Doing my best. Uh, you're doing so good, Bobby. You're you did doing amazing. So good. You did yeah. amazing. I'm very I've done an Irish accent or Spanish <laughs> or whatever the hell. I'm, I'm very. I've never even done an Italian accent. I don't know how that's happening. <laughs> you impressed me. I, I'm, I, I'm impressed. Uh, maybe that's your default. Maybe oh, you're we're Italian. Have like 15 life. different ones by the time we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah. I knew this would happen. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, from here, as mentioned, there is the turnstile, and there is the door that leads further to the uh, to the east as well. Is there any writings or anything on the turnstile? Uh, yes, it has a turn left um, written on it. Mm. Well, might as well follow instructions. Wait, give me a hand. Wait, what? I've seen something like this before. Where and why and how, what, when, all the W's and the H. So how many W's? All of Ready them. Don't make me count them for you. Just answer the goddamn question, all right. you call. All right. Why not spin the wheel? It was in my youth, long, long ago. There was a wheel that looked just like this. Mm-hmm. And we turned it, and it would ground up the wheat in the mill. Okay, I mentioned a feral. Let's start pushing. I think we're <laughs> in a mill. Priscilla Shabby's also starting to. Yeah, Baron <laughs> starts up. pushing. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, lose your as arms this... then. <laughs> All right, as this, uh, as the uh, the turnstile begins to move, uh, with three of you working on it, there is no issue here. As the wheel starts to turn, you hear the grinding of stone and steel. The whole building starts to shudder and dust falls from above you. The huge iron door <laughs> begins to slide open. And as it does so, um, it, it sort of goes into almost like this, um, this cavity in the side of the wall. Uh, every single turn getting you closer and closer until, of course, you hear that final satisfying shunk. The first door has now been penetrated. However, a second iron door stands before you. A single dwarf emblazoned in the iron, this time with a dwarven hand gesture normally associated with telling people where to stick certain objects um, is now on the final door. 
to the vault within. Good job. I would also like to award a hero point to both Yukon and Priscilla for uh, playing into their fear of bugs and insects. Well done. Aww. Nice. I love yep. that. Now, what do we do with hero points? Hero points can be used for a number of different things in my games. Uh, hero, points can, hero points can be used to approach the bench to petition the GM for some nonsense. Um, the other thing it can be used for is to stave off a killing blow at the cost of all your remaining hero points. Oh, shit. Is That's this valuable. a Pathfinder thing? I say, I say killing. I say it's felling. No, it's a dag thing. Okay. That's inspired by a Pathfinder thing. All right. How about shut up, Dave? How about that? <laughs> I was gonna I ask if I gave I can, him out. I can take him back. Well, I was gonna ask if I could give it to someone else because gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> I like it. Can I have another one? <laughs> <laughs> yum yum yum. Okay, so um, you still you're still in this uh this chamber with the the turnstile. Like I said, there's still one more door here if you want to explore. Otherwise, you can press on. I'll walk up and press on the door. No. No? Now he gets brave. (laughs) All right. Pressing onto the door, you find yourself in a storage room. Uh, The storage room here seems to be filled with uh, petrified food. Um, Water and other supplies seem to have been left here, abandoned and discarded. Uh, much of which um, are still pristinely kept in their various boxes and the like. Uh, you basically pull up like a bit of rotten fruit that has turned to stone because of how long it's been here. Uh, several sacks have been dug into, likely by rats or some other creature, but besides that, this place is otherwise undamaged. Um, your dwarven eyes see something written here. It is a curse. Now, dwarves are a somewhat superstitious bunch um, and believe in things that lurk in the dark and believe in uh, the powers of magic that can be used for both good and commerce and magic that can be used to do horrible and terrifying things and bring ruin. Though uh, the words written here on several of the crates are a curse of ruin. Um, likely this is one of the reasons why no no, no self-respecting or, or wise-minded dwarf would touch this. Um, touch any of this food. I'll go and touch the food. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be our leader. <laughs> Aye. As you as you go out and touch the food, there's nothing wrong. You touch the crates. You again, you kind of look at some of the fruits, maybe pick some of it up. Again, most of it is just petrified. You do find some like dried jerky, but you know, I mean, it's several hundred year old dry jerky, so it could be good. Could be, you know, potentially, you know, I mean, dwarves don't really have dwarves have the stomach of a concrete rhinoceros, so really, you know, um, the water is stagnant. Um, again, diseases may be rampant here, but, you know, touch and go as far as that's concerned. Um, and uh, you do find, nestled in and amongst this, uh, what looks to be a signet ring. The signet ring is of the House of the Bronzefoot. What you got there, Yukon? 
I found a ring here. And it's given me pause. Hmm. I can tell it's giving you pause. You're definitely taking that. Can hmm. I see it? And Farron will take it out of his hand. <laughs> all right. All right. What, all right. Well, what's giving you pause? What, what's the matter with it? I remember seeing a ring like this long ago. Yukon does remember seeing a ring like this. Back in the day, Yukon used to work in a deep mine where uh, it was kind of connected intermittently between uh, the mine that he was working with and a, um, a gas mine. As um, an accident occurred, uh, these rings were actually given and deployed to notable or so should I say important individuals. And what it did was create a air uh, bubble around the individual wearing this ring. In the event of a intense gas leak or the like, it would keep them safe and give them breathable air for a week or two, maybe even more. Um, this would also be used uh, underwater to like provide a suit that would allow one to breathe while submerged. Um, you remember seeing one because you also recall a terrible accident uh, that happened in one of the mines in which this ring was uh, utilized by a, uh, a member of the, the, the mining group. Uh, he chose to abandon all of the people in the mine during the accident, and uh, you gave him a good, uh, a good Yukon-styled disciplinary uh, interaction. I'll relay all that information to my companions and follow up by say, it was useless anyway, like a Yukon potato. Oh my god. Alrighty, well here, you can you found this, you can have it. I was just curious, I wanted to see it. You know, patience really isn't my virtue. So here, you can have it. Colonel, toss it back to him. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Speaking of patience, we still got one more door to get through. I like your thinking. Let's go. Before right. exiting the room, I give a little nod to the centipede, acknowledging the thank you for minding his business while we do ours. It uh, It's very hard to read the expressions on a centipede. Much like any insect, their alien-like mentality is is quite foreign and bizarre but it seems to give you some sort of acknowledgement of what you've said. Uh, little antennae tweaks and little movements of its jowls, you know, that kind of thing. Now, as Priscilla makes their way to the next chamber and the door, uh, the door, while it seems to fit the key and uh, you hear the same mechanism unlatch, seems to be stuck. There's a certain weight behind it. Oh, she's going to try to force it open. All right, make me an athletics check <laughs> as you try to push, put your shoulder into it and just force the door open. That is a dirty 20. Pew, pew, pew. Ooh, very nice. 14 plus nice. 6. This door, this door doesn't know what hit it. As uh, Priscilla hit, uh, checks this door <sighs> and There we are. <laughs> open. Uh, again, that same hiss of the stale air escaping. Uh, greets you as you enter this uh, this particular chamber, and again, another flight of stairs leads up to another turnstile. Uh, here, however, there is another scent. There is the scent of decay, of rot, and death. Ugh, Priscilla. 
It wasn't me. Immediately to your left upon entering, you can see scattered pages of dwarven script laying around the area. The thing that you had forced out of the way appears to be some sort of like uh, stone chair or bit, bit of furniture that uh, after your, your your quite dedicated push has managed to uh, to open it. I wonder why they were trying to keep people out. Doesn't smell very nice down here. Maybe that's one of the reasons of that petrified food. It's gross. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense because the door is the way out of the tunnel. There's only one thing I can think of here, lads and lass. Perhaps they weren't trying to keep anyone out. Trying to keep something in. must have been very terrifying if they're willing to sacrifice their lives to keep it in here. Can any of you read? Sorry? Can yeah. any of you read? Oh, read. <laughs> read. <laughs> Not very well. well. Of course. I can read Dwarvish. I'm common. I'm quite... Uh experienced in literature as you can tell i'll go pick up some of the the loose papers hand it over um taking a cursory look at yeah taking a closer look at the the papers they seem to be manifests and um details on shipping in and out of the mines uh in the bronzefoot uh territories um if you would like to uh, I could say you spend maybe five minutes if you want to uh, going through all of the notes to uncover more. Otherwise, this is all you can kind of tell from a cursory glance. Uh, is someone reading? This is I, up to I, you, Farron. Yeah, I can't. I can't oh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry. I thought this was you. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. No, I can't. Uh, sure. No, I'll, he, I'll, take yeah. a, I'll take a deeper, I'll take a deeper look. Okay, Tordek and Farron, can I get you both to make me a perception check, please, as you are looking through these notes? Yeah, you can. That's a 15 plus 3. While they're so looking 18. through the notes, I'm going to stand back a little bit and try something. Oh, great. Uh, sure. <laughs> It'll take them five minutes to get to the, through this check, so uh, Yukon, what are you doing as, as that's happening? I'm going to kind of walk to the back of the room a little bit while their attention's elsewhere, and I'll lean down to the ground, putting my hand down in the dust and begin to trace a sigil before speaking the word Najat. And I'm going to use my primeval awareness. Uh, so basically, I can sense if there's an aberration, celestial, dragon, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within a mile of me. It won't tell me where it is or how many there are. It'll just tell me what's there. Uh, there are undead and an aberration around you. Okay. More, more the point that there is a lot of undeath, uh, and there is a little aberration. Okay. I'll keep that to myself for now. Um, Priscilla, what are you doing as the others are reading? Not a damn thing. Oh, In fact, she's probably she's probably staring at a wall. 
in all honesty. <laughs> very well, very well. Priscilla is still super helpful. I know. Sweat, sweat kind of drips down Priscilla's head as she's just still trying to catch her breath over dealing with the centipede. Uh, hearing its voice in your head has kind of sent chills down your spine, like kind of the bad kind of ASMR, which is like. Yeah you know, the sound of the legs and the, the twitching and stuff. So you're just trying to kind of get your head in the right space as you're just staring at this wall, trying to like listen to the sounds of the earth, that is the ground, it's the slow, subtle movements of it. You're yeah. just trying to get- She's doing the occasional ground. boxers jump, you know, the- Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Um, all right, uh, Farron and Tordek, what were our scores? We got an 18 and a- 22. Oh, you two are in all over this. Okay. Between the two of you, you find two crucial bits of information. Firstly, you find uh, information that uh, indicates that several shipments don't line up in terms of date and the mining resources, almost as if there were several days that went past where they had mined resources but hadn't shipped anything. Then you actually see that uh, there are several large redacted pages in regards to where those shipments went, almost as if someone had tried to make that particular ship shipment disappear, you know, um, by saying that, oh, no, we didn't mine anything for these days. And then we shipped stuff when we didn't mine anything, which, you know, again, this stuff just doesn't add up, doesn't make sense. Um, it also doesn't name the person who it ships to. Um, it's simply just marked with a strange symbol you've not seen before. Well, I don't like that very much. No, I'm not good at math, but I know this doesn't add up. What do you think, Tordek? <clears throat> just appears that somebody was trying to steal from Galleon, trying to hide it. Yeah, that's weird. Wonder what they were trying to steal and why money greed well that's the obvious choice but uh, yes you're good what you're right, <laughs> you saying she's going been bouncing around for like five minutes i think the loss has to pee are you done reading i'm getting bored miss sugar bee why don't you just start swinging your Oh my god, what's it called? It's not an axe. Like, Small. A warhammer or a club? Your oh, hammer a thing. Any of those will do. <laughs> Why don't you swing that around a little bit? It'll keep you entertained while we try and figure out the mysteries of this under under deep cavern thing. Okay. Is there anything for me to uh, smash? Uh, yeah, <laughs> to the door. There, there is a large double door. Uh, <laughs> it is made of wood and looks to be very fancy. Smashing it. <laughs> All right. Um, taking your hammer to the door, it smashes and splinters. It is not a difficult, uh, it is not a difficult strike for you. And do you have your name for your, your hammer? The business. Does your hammer have a name? The business. It's called the business. Jesus. <laughs> oh no. We uh -oh. lost egg. Oh, very well. Thanks, Frozen. There he is. There he is. No, no, I'm still here. Okay, there you are. He was frozen in disbelief. I'm, I'm in Australia. It just takes a while for the message to come to me. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Goddamn. So, uh, you give the door the business, and mm. it explodes in a shower of splinters. That smell of rot now just explodes into this chamber as what you see on the other side is an office with a dead body. 
as you look onto this table, a dwarf seems to have its head thrown backwards, its mouth agape and the back of its skull blown clean off. In its left hand, still mounted on the table, is a wand of magic missile. Uh, guys? Did I hear wand? <laughs> There's this a dead is... guy over here. Yeah. That's not very good. Uh, I don't really want this wand thing because, you know, I get my, uh, my powers, God-given powers, so I don't need no wand. What about you, Tordek? You seem to just... I already have it in my hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you, okay, so it, it's, still, it's still in the dwarven skeleton's grip, and as you pull it out, and the arm just kind of falls off. I just um, shake his hand off of it, and just throw it off. Uh, yeah, you could see that the desk in front of him—he has writing implements um, on the shelves around him. He has various uh, like drawers and like little um, like kind of openings that he can access, um, but most of them have been torn out and just thrown to the ground. Um, shattering uh, like what looks to be just uh, again uh, lots of uh, dirt samples and the like Uh, you can see that there's actually a few tiny little ores uh, even an ingot of mithril and um, a a kind of fleck of adamantine this is like the 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 core sample room as it were Uh, on the table scrawled in parchment is just the words what have we done Uh -uh in Dwarvish. Well, it's nice they're showing a little bit of self-reflection. That's always helpful, but seems a little bit too late. What does it say? A little too late. Yukon. What does it say? Well, very ominous. What have we done? Could be like, what have we done? I don't know. Or maybe it's, what have we done? Either way, it's not good. It could be good. Like, hey, what have what we done? Have done? <laughs> You're right. You're right. I like that version way better than the other versions that I was thinking about. Right. All right. What's wrong with you, Miss Sugarbeak? You're so quiet what? over there. What's going on? Well, I'm sorry, but there's a dead man on the desk. <laughs> It's true. You haven't seen any dead bodies before. How how intact is the body? Says the um, skull's aside blown, from out, the blown so. out skull and the torn off arm. Um, <laughs> you actually do notice that one of its legs is missing. Ugh. How how decayed is it though? Uh, it's a skeleton. It's about as decayed as it gets. Skeleton. Yeah. Uh, but the leg that's missing is nowhere to be seen. And the arms got torn off when Tordek so disrespectfully ripped that wand out. I apologize for that. I kind of get excited sometimes. I remember the day that I lost my arms. A day I'll never forget. We go to a flashback scene and return very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the tale of how I lost my arms. Not I don't like cats either. <laughs> I just want to. I just wanted to keep everything a mystery about how he lost his arm. <laughs> don't tell us yet. We're just starting. Just gonna work up to that. So, 
waking my way back to the spindle thing does it have directions to on this one uh yes it does uh it has the turn style on in the opposite direction but as you leave or as you go to leave uh Tordek, you feel something grab your arm i look down it's me as you look down <laughs> you see a severed hand with no body the voice that comes uh from you seems to make the noise like almost like it's right next to your ear however uh, Yukon, Farron, and uh, Priscilla see nothing. Only Tordek. Uh, uh, Tordek's gonna start flailing like, son of a bitch! Get off me! And just like, swing my arm around. Just let All go right. of the wand! It's not that! There's something grabbing me! Oh, and there's something like, else there, guys. I don't see uh, that you on my you. Hand and stuff. After, after shaking and, and waving your hand for a bit, the uh, the the strange hand seems to disappear. All that's rem- all that remains are several bruises on your forearm. You see this? Can you, can I start showing yeah, everybody? They the, yeah, they can see the bruises. I ain't going crazy here. There was something on my arm. Mm-hmm. Could have gotten those bruises like a peach. somewhere else. Yeah, those are. They like don't a, look fresh. Like a peach. <clears throat> yeah. It's fresh, damn it. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah, I keep changing my words. <laughs> like a peach. Yes. <clears throat> Wait, how does it look like a peach? What? I said he bruises like a peach. Oh, bruises like a peach. All right. <clears throat> All right. At Let's point, turn I the thing. Everyone, <laughs> I need everyone to make me a perception check. As I can't see says, through my bangs. No. We should With turn. that too. <laughs> For a total of twelve. Eighteen. For a total of one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Uh that's gonna be a dirty twenty. Nice. All right. Uh Yukon and Farron, you notice that uh, among the stuff that has been littered around the uh the the the, the room here, uh you watch as a small axe made of sterling silver lifts off the ground and flies towards Priscilla. And with that, we're going to go into initiative. Oh, bring it on. (laughs) Here, I thought I was going to get punished for stealing. (laughs) Nope. It's me. It's because of the accent. I get it. Yeah. I know I can't keep it together. In the <laughs> oh, I haven't bag. even kept one solid. <laughs> Every single time I talk, it's different. All right. Two, 11. All right. Here we go. I think I went into Indian at some point, which I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ow. Ow. Should have just played same right. again. Cool. I should have just played it safe and done something. I didn't know. But you know, okay. if you only do what you know, Jeez. you never grow. We can take that to the bank. Wow. Only Shukabi was that wise. Okay. <laughs> All right. What is our initiatives? Go Yukon. Uh, that is going to be a 13. Not too shabby. All right. Very nice. Okay. Priscilla. 11. 11. Okay, uh, Farron. Uh, 18. Nice. 18. And Tordek. Uh, 
11. Uh, all right. Now, Tordek and uh, Priscilla, just so that you guys know, because you guys share an initiative, if you guys would like, you may do combination or teamwork abilities for extra effects. Now, to clarify, this means that two things need to aim for one target or one effect. Um, it wouldn't be so much as like, I buff you, you go hit it, but more like stuff that you would do in tandem that would then have a combined effect. Um, right. Yeah, there you go. I can throw you. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the Kritua gets a 14. All right. Baron, you're up first. The axe looks like it is swinging towards Priscilla. You get the chance to react. Okay. I have a question. As a player, for those of you who know me, I struggle for some reason with cone shapes. <laughs> Think about it like an ice cream cone. <laughs> I don't know why this is, but I need to ask, do I have a clear line on a 15-foot cone so I don't um, hurt any of my friend friendly? Well, you are in a very small space because, uh, again, you guys are in the, uh, the, the study. Um, right now, Tordek is heading out of the door with Priscilla. Um, so shooting a cone in that direction would likely hit both Priscilla and Tordek. However, if you were to move and angle yourself so you're firing into the room instead of out of the room, you could find an angle, but it would require a move movement for you to do so. All right. Um... Alrighty, Priscilla will do that. Then. I mean, oh my god, I just called myself Priscilla. What the fuck is happening? You associate yourself with the character. You care about your hair. You're a bad bitch, you know? It's... Yeah, you can identify oh. with whatever you want, even Priscilla. Yeah. Just wait till I start picking up your accent, then we're really fucked. Uh, um. What accent? Which one? You don't have to pick. Okay. Uh, Farron will uh, move, position herself so that um, she can cast um, Burning Hands at the first level. But before she does, um, she's actually, you know what, this is a reaction. She'll just cast Burning Hands. No time for, for any play. Okay, very well. Uh, your hands begin to ignite, glowing with the colors of the rainbow as per your, uh, your lighter. And... <laughs> this cone of fire erupts out. Uh, I need a saving throw from both Priscilla and Tordek. You didn't uh, move? Yes, it. son of a bitch. Well, didn't, didn't, you, didn't you say you're not? You're just going to fire? No, no, I meant I was, okay. So I meant I was going to, yes, I said that in my head. I was going to flavor it with words, but I realized oh. there's no time because I'm reacting to this right. axe. I, 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 well, I unfortunately, I mean, look, I get right. that. I get that. I will, because this is the first time we're getting to know each other, GM and player-wise, <laughs> uh, when, when we do something as a reaction, usually it's like a reflex, and it's just like, uh, All right. but okay. I will allow for you to move and then... Oh, you're saying I can't move. Okay, I mean... No, I no, 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 no. So, <laughs> So let me explain, let me explain. So you can move and fire into the room so as not right. to hit your allies. However, I don't view that as a reflex, more as a, a deliberate, I am moving to make this attack. A reflex for me is something like an attack of opportunity. It's a, it's a swift, you know, kind of thing. So I, I misunderstood what you were saying and I thought you were just reflexively going, you know what, no, no time, <clears throat> die. 
and that's that's kind of why that's where I came from. So I understand that's what that. you do. We'll roll. Okay, I can change my whole my whole thing. I can no, just. No, it's fine. I... It, it, it's fine. They can both burn. It's yeah. great. Okay. We started you guys at level five. You're yeah, good. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Do it. Priscilla will remember this. <laughs> so deck save. Is that what it yes. is? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Deck save, that's guys. fine. I got advantage on that, so. Uh, yeah, that's not one on the first one. <laughs> Good job. There we go. GG. GG. Uh, you didn't see. 17. Her. 13. Oh, my dex is a 14. Okay. Oh, yeah. so well, you half. don't need to roll your deck. So you, sorry, my save. My, yep, okay. my save is a 14. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yep, no, no, you're, all right, so deal your damage, please. Those who uh, managed to make the deck save, which I don't think are either of you. Um, oh, I did. Let, Oh, this I have goes. advantage on deck saves. My first one was a nat one. Oh, my second one was a seventeen. That's so. impressive. Okay, yeah, your second one's fine. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, this this dude gets a fourteen, so he does get half. And what'd you get? Uh, that's uh thirteen. Thirteen damage. Okay, so that is six damage. As the fires and... lick out and in, in encapsulate the room. Thankfully, most dwarven structures are indeed stone. So uh, nothing catches on fire, uh, and uh, there's just this big, big gout of flames. I'm kind of imagining Farron going, "Look out! Look out behind you! What?" I will use my reaction with the, my orb and absorb some of that fire damage. Very well. You watch <laughs> as the flames begin to swirl like a vortex and. It takes on like a, uh, an orangey kind of magic hue, as I presume you're using absorb element. Um, in this case, no. The orb no. itself uh, just happens. You said it was burning hands, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So the orb uh, does. I can use a reaction to reduce any fire damage by one d4 as a reaction. Nice. All right. You may reduce it by one d4. And what was uh, the total next damage? Up, Thirteen. What's that? Thirteen. Thirteen. So Thirteen. Three. So ten. Farron, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go on. You have no. You can go on. Farron just wants <laughs> to say in response to all that, give a man, uh, give a man a fire for a day, and and he stays warm. But set set him fire, and he's warm for the rest of his life. Just looking at Tordek. Jesus, <laughs> I'm so gonna fireball your ass, lady. <laughs> 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 it's actually it is actually a dwarven proverb you know like um, <laughs> you, you're warm for the rest of your life your life ending very shortly after you've been burnt alive um so uh as this happens the axe continues now a flaming axe no i'm joking it's not gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> be great you should leave it go for it <laughs> there you do but it is going to it is going to go and try and strike at priscilla priscilla that is a 23 to hit. Well, that hits. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Very well. <laughs> the Silver Axe does six points of damage to you as it swings in your direction and lands directly between your shoulder blades. Ooh. As it pulls my itself out. And my scars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as it, uh, it seems to just move almost like on its own like there is no person holding it but it is just sort of like floating in its direction and just trying to, to hack at you as it were um we then move on to yukon all right well 
this is what I know how to do. And I'll thrust my arms off to the side as you see two blades jettison out either side of, uh, on the sides of my wrists. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and lunge towards the flaming axe, trying to make a whole bunch of attacks. <laughs> it's canon now. It's a flaming axe. <laughs> Sorry, the flaming axe, yeah. <laughs> uh, first is going to be a... That is going to be a 22 to hit for the first. That will strike. All right. Uh, first one is going to do uh, seven points of damage as I try and come down directly on the uh, on the blade of the axe. You do so. It strikes at it, and you hear this as you strike it uh, quite dead on. As it keeps vibrating, I want to spin around quickly with the other side and hit it again with my uh, with my other blade. Uh, that is going to be a fifteen to hit. Uh, 15 will not hit. This time, as the second your second attack swings around, it kind of bends itself so it catches you on the bottom uh, curve of the axe blade. Uh, and as it does so, parries your attack around it and avoids the damage. Okay. As I see the blade kind of swing by my face, I'm going to swirl around once more and use my dread ambusher to make my third attack on it. Oh, mm -hmm. not that one. Uh, that is going to be a 21 to hit. Uh, as it does so, you, uh, with your attack having been parried, you move around and you swing down and land another hit. Roll your damage again. That is going to be for this one. Uh, we've got... That's going to be eight points. Okay. All right. As that one hits... You see a crack appearing on the uh, the actual um, blade edge of the axe. And as this happens, you see the grizzled visage of the of a, a dwarven man, the back of his head exposed, creating this open hole uh, as he just lets loose this awful, gut-wrenching howl. He's holding the axe in hand as you've struck it. And then almost uh, as that vibration stops, the image fades and disappears again. All right, and I'm going to make my final extra attack, seeing it with both hands out. I'm going to thrust them forward towards the blade, trying to meet it directly in the center of the blade where the crack becomes, where, where the crack is. Nice. Uh, it's going to be a 19 to hit. A 19 will hit. Uh, for five more points of damage as I try and pierce into it and and try my best to start pulling it apart the best I can with the with the strike. All right. While the cracks are there, they're not quite deep to have created a fissure all the way through. Your attack, however, deepens them as the cracks begin to become more prominent. We then turn to Priscilla and Tordek. You two will be going simultaneously if you want to. Otherwise, you can decide among yourselves who would like to go first. Unless you have yeah, okay. Um, Priscilla is going to, uh, well, Yukon kind of has it etched in there, uh, just comes straight down with her hammer on top of it. Um, just do two big cracks trying to get, pit it into the ground and just flatten it, <laughs> essentially. Nice. 
All right, uh, make your attack as you attempt to smash and dash this cre- this this axe to the floor. First one is a 12 to hit. 12 will hit, but oh. unfortunately the strength of your hit doesn't cause it to damage. As it collides, it just holds up the weight of your hammer as you're leaning into it. Okay, then with that, um, she's going to kind of do a little jump and come down again, like arcing the uh, the mall <sighs> for a second All shot. Right. Bringing your weight to bear on the attack, make it another one. Let's see if you can get through. Another 12. <laughs> Once Twice again, the axe, the axe again meets you head on uh, and just sort of sparks begin to fly out from your hammer and the uh, the silvered edge. The hell is this Codex. thing made of? <laughs> <clears throat> you immediately go, that there is dwarven steel. <laughs> Very proudly. <laughs> <laughs> you done? Yes. Ah. That's my that's my turn. So I'm gonna use a slightly move action to give uh, the fair and a dirty look and pat out the flames on my beard. She'll just <laughs> pick out the new newly acquired stolen wand and wave it and launch my ma- uh, first level magic missile at it. Uh, actually, it's a third-level magic missile, so it's actually got two bolts. Oh. Alrighty. So then there would be four total bolts. Or, wait, for you said third level? Yeah. So that would be five bolts. That one. Alright. Alrighty. Well, that's a three, four, four times five. So that would be 20. Nice. As... You're kind of expecting this to be kind of a weak wand, and as you you fire it, you then watch as five bolts fly out and encircle the axe. The axe tries to kind of fend them off, but then these bullets just, one after the other, start snapping bits of metal off, start snapping the haft. You just watch as eventually it just riddles itself and falls to pieces and falls to the ground. I like this already. <laughs> All right. And so with that, kind of just looks at her hammer like <laughs> this past <laughs> The chamber goes still as the axe falls to the ground. That chilling kind of sense is now gone. Um, yeah. There you oh. go. So that, that was weird. That was quite strange. I don't know why that thing attacked us we did nothing wrong other than come on in here maybe this was what they were trying to keep in here i feel that there's more afoot here than what we see did any of you see the spirit that hid behind the axe i thought i saw something but i wasn't 100 percent sure hey i didn't tell you before but this place is ripe with the undead. Well, I don't like that, and I'm going to make sure they're all really dead if I see them. Glad to Extra have you here, dead. Glad to what? have you here. Of course. You know what I love about fire and dark caves? Burning your friends? Mm. Writing on the walls? It burns brighter than it does up there. 
I don't know about this one. Not a lot of people do, but you learned to love me, right, Yukon? Anyway, where was that spinning wheel thing? Yeah. You make your way over once again to the spinning <laughs> wheel. Grasping firmly each of the different panels, you start to move as a unit together. And once again, you hear the telltale sounds of the mechanisms moving. The iron once again begins to shudder and shift. The huge plate once again moving and shifting as the panel rotates. This time, water pours out from beyond uh, as it opens slowly, just this torrent and stream of, uh, of, of like kind of just this kind of almost clear, very, very nice looking water uh, comes from the chamber beyond, which unlocks, of course, this area here. Now, just a quick time check here. How good are we for break? Uh, whenever good. you are ready, my friend. Yeah, we can Excellent. take a break which, if you want. In which case, ladies and gentlemen, as they find themselves <gasps> in this glorious antechamber, surrounded by a pool of beautiful azure water and a large totem pole, at the center of this glorious room. We will take a quick 10 to 15 minute break and return with more of In Too Deep. I've been too deep. Guys, stick around. We will be back momentarily. Make sure to go get your beer juices, your water juices, your milk juices, whatever kind of juice you want. All the juices. All the juices. The juiciest of juice. The juiciest of <laughs> juice. Juicy juice. Juice. We'll be back in about ten, guys. Juices. Oh, God damn it. Rob! Wow. Yeah. Hey, Christian Minecraft channel, Rob. Mine Dear shaft. Lord. Yes, Minecraft. Mine it's, Mine it's still a book. Right, We're going to break. Christian That's Mine it. Shaft. We're going to break. Get out of here. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our lovely Summer of One Shots. We called out an SOS to some of our friends. And uh, luckily enough, one of them actually listened to us. Well, a few of them did, but our favorite one did. And that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, so with that said, we will turn it over to the lovely, erotic, and mas masculine, muscular, beautiful oh. man known as Deg. Thank you. Thank you. But you're marrying Raina, not me. Well, um, I mean, <laughs> there's two weeks. There's two weeks. Someone please clip that. Someone please clip that and make that into like a a, a wedding congratulations video. Oh god. <laughs> We're gonna make that alert. I want our as many people for to our, send this uh, to wedding. Them. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. As a bit of a recap for those people who have just joined us in, uh, our group of adventurers are a number of dwarves who have been sent into this old and abandoned uh, bunker where people had locked themselves in after an accident in an old and abandoned mine. Their goal is to try and find a stone tablet with ancient writings on it that may hold a secret that will allow the dwarves to explore another entire dungeon um, elsewhere. Uh, they are going to be granted great reward and great uh, prosperity should they manage to uh, achieve their goal uh, and thus far have managed to open the doors. Entering into the bunker, however, they have found a large chamber within, surrounded by water, 
and at its center, a large pillar, almost like a totem pole with four different segments, each spherical in nature. Uh, it rises up the entire length of this 60 foot high ceiling. Each segment of the totem pole depicts a monstrous creature. At the very top is a beholder, a large sphere with a huge unblinking eye, which is currently set to close. Beneath that is kind of almost like this squid-like leathery illithidian uh, eye. And two, it is set closed. The one before, uh, the one below that is that of an abolith. Multiple eyes uh, in segments, almost like a spider's eyes, but more piscine, as uh, these eyes also are shut. And the final one at the base is a large, almost um, deep, perfect circle of an eye uh, that looks like it, um, like it kind of has almost like a goat pupil, uh, which is like a sideways slanting pupil. And this eye is open. Now, the structure is made of stone. Um, and each segment looks like it rotates and moves in and of itself independently. Upon entering, the door behind you slides shut. Didn't see that coming. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not good. That's never good. I've seen a lot of films in my life and usually... uh, what are these films <laughs> what are these films you speak of yeah. uh, as of right now however nothing seems to happen the big heavy iron doors are now behind you but in front of you in addition to this pole and the water you see are uh, doors to the uh, east west and further north well being from the mines, I can tell you one thing. You should always go north. You know which way north is down here? Of course. I was going to say all dwarves in my world inherently know north. Uh, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> well, no, that was a trick question. Because we all know North. <laughs> well, actually, actually, that's not entirely true. The uh, the Skyborn Dwarves, which are those people who aren't actually born from underground, actually uh, don't have that in inherent sense. Mm. Fun fact: right. Priscilla is a Skyborn. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, what do you make of all these uh, weird-looking eyes that are some half closed, some closed, and some open? What do you think that's all about? Oh, clearly. It's a message to those coming in. You should walk around with your eyes closed. I don't... I and how do you prevent yourself from falling in the water? Oh, my God. You just got to believe. Okay. If I'm there's starting... one thing that my ranger talents have taught me, it's to walk around with your eyes closed. As much as humanly possible. Also, I, I'd like to give two bits of information. The first is, um, if you guys are going and inspecting the, the pole that is in the center of this room, you can also see that underneath it, underneath that last totem bit, 
is a turnstile very similar to the ones that you had opened previously. This one much larger. Um, in addition, I would like to make an announcement to Mendari. Mendari, uh, Dave is playing a ranger and it's not your ranger and he didn't bother asking me, but I would have let him because you made a really cool ranger and <laughs> Dave is just a terrible friend. <laughs> So thanks everyone for joining us this evening. It's been a great <laughs> game. Um, it's uh, fantastic. Uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, Dave. You're welcome. Betrayal. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next time? <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, let's <laughs> <laughs> Rangers got a range. Am I right? <laughs> amazing all right so uh as mentioned um the turnstile is at the uh, is around this thing as well hmm. what do you think miss sugar bee do you think we should push these little things around in a circle or do you think like those crazy monsters are gonna come out and with their eyes from this creepy water i'm getting weird my sense eyes going off I don't know, but I'm still a little worried about what it said on that desk. What What do you think they did? I don't know. Something not good that they obviously regretted, but I don't see nothing here. All I see is water, weird creepy eyes, this turn spinny thing, and some doors, right? Doors? You said doors. Are there four doors? Did I make that up in my head? No, there's no. four doors. Uh, there's four doors, so. including the one you came out of. Oh, okay. That's now closed behind us. Right, right. We're but you don't know in. how to reopen yet. Four <laughs> doors and seven years ago. Well, just like every other room, why don't we just explore the rooms before we turn the turn thingy in the middle? I like that. We're going to go together. We're going to split up this time. I think well, how we about you get in up. front? No, that's not how things work here. Because last time didn't go too well. Well, for goodness sake. And Priscilla's going to start walking too. Since she actually doesn't have any idea of direction, she will go to the nearest door <laughs> to her. Uh, the nearest door is probably to the east from right. where you where you happen to be. Um, Does she know where the east is? No, but she's just going to the nearest one. So, so she went right. She's hey, that's the north. Went Congratulations. The right. <laughs> Look, I'm using cardinal directions because I'm an adult. Um, well, you're and... in the wrong place, though. <laughs> <laughs> I will follow with behind. All right. Oh, we're all following. No. We're not splitting up. All right, fine. I that's guess up I'm... to you if you want to stay by the door. I mean, not oh, really. Right. Sorry, I'm... my voice changed section. <laughs> you taking okay. on my accent now? That's the hardest Mimicry. thing. It's having to talk after you. So every time you throw it to me, I'm like, "Give me a second here." <laughs> <laughs> All right. As you make your way into the next chamber, you actually find yourself um, surrounded by dead bodies. Ooh. It is awful smelling here. There is this, just this absolutely foul stench. And these bodies are not rotted in the same way that um, that uh, the skeleton was, even though probably the same amount of time has passed. Instead, what you see 
are several gaunt dwarves propped up, fallen over each other, all almost seeming to have torn each other limb from limb. Uh, their beards are stained with what looks to be this almost inky black residue that poured from their mouths, um, and many of which are, are lying almost in a state of like frenzy um, over the other fellow dwarves with bones and sinew and blood in their hands. I'm not liking this room too much. I don't like the dead people very much at all, as long as they stay dead, I guess. If you want, I could burn all the bodies. That might ensure that they stay dead. I'm not opposed to it right now. As long as you don't burn the living ones, like us. Again. Listen, yeah. sometimes things happen, all right? Y'all are fine, right? You're fine, Tordek? Cinched. All right, would this make you feel better? And Farron will walk over and put her hand on his shoulder and then cast um, guidance. Guidance. <laughs> guidance. <laughs> I don't need no guidance. <laughs> now you're going to get some guidance whether you I need want a damn it. Now listen here, fire is your salvation. You should accept it, like I did. You say a lot of weird things. Weird to some people, but not weird to me, and that's all that matters. Is there a... Uh, you'd mentioned the undead before, Farron. Yeah, I don't like them very much. Give me the heebie-jeebies. Ugh! Is there uh Is there anything you can call upon your god for in times like these? Uh, yeah. Who yeah. is your Lots god, by things. the way? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> My god is a magical, magical fire god who I worship. Uh, no gender, just just an entity of a flaming fireball. I'm so sore, Daggett, if I'm just ruining your lore, no. coming up with well, a actually, god out of my butt. <laughs> no, actually, dwarves, dwarves worship their paragons. So you would you would maybe have the, the Farron's uh, what's Farron's last name? <laughs> Farron. <Yep. Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Stone Hill. Farron Shits. That's a very interesting last name there. Farron Schmidt. Schmidt. Farron Schmidt. Yeah. Not very dwarvy. <laughs> Are you taking the Schmidt with that? No. I'm <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. In which case, yes, uh, one of Farron's uh, ancestors was likely a paragon um, who then rose to fulfill the paragon of the anvil, the forge, the fire, and uh, and similar other things as well. Um, it's very similar to a pantheon. It's almost like the dwarves found a way to, through becoming a pantheon, uh, becoming a, um, uh, you know, one of the, the members of the paragon, could also then ascend to a form of godhood, which will provide other dwarves with magic powers um yeah think of it like the eldest uh in the fairy worlds and stuff like that they're not really gods per se but they can bestow power to warlocks you know what i mean same kind of deal the paragon have the abilities to bestow powers so this is kind of more akin to that um if you wish to worship the god specifically the goddess nibera is uh the god of the elements um otherwise yeah it's uh likely one of the dwarven paragons somewhere 
but you know, I haven't named all of them. So, you know, you say, I say all of that. Did you, did you hear that? Yukon? Uh, no, I wasn't paying enough attention. It's fine. Um, so nothing to do here. Why oh, did you, you ask me that? The, yeah, uh, oh yeah. Do you want me to, do you want, I, I kind of really just want to. So everyone that is alive, she'll say it a bit louder in the room. If you are alive in here, it is time to evacuate the space. And um, uh, I guess, you know what? She'll just cast um, Flaming Sphere and just like move it around the room <laughs> with the bonus action. <laughs> Just sweep over all the bodies. Oh, yes, the flaming right. sweep. Classic. Yes. <laughs> As you do so, your hands oh, begin to ignite. And as they do, they burn away at the uh, creatures that are in here, the, the bodies. However, as the fires kick up, What in the hell did you just wake up? <laughs> each, and every one, each and every one of these dwarves, their skin starts to turn ashen and black. And soot begins to uh, spew forth as the hairs on the, what was once their beard disappear and fade away. In, in its place, a beard of pure dark smoke begins to erupt from these dwarves. Now, I would like for each player to roll me a d6, please. But that is how many will awaken. Oh, good. Oh, no, I just rolled a five. <laughs> Sweet, I rolled yep. zero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is there a one in front of that? Because there will be. Uh, actually, there's a four in front of that. Oh, it was a four, okay, good. just, yeah, it's weird. Uh, also roll a four. Happens, yeah. I wish I could lie, but I rolled a six. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We all rolled pretty good, yeah. And what, what did Tordek get? A uh, four. Four. All right. So that is a glorious <laughs> nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> that is a glorious oh. nineteen of the Toilborn. Uh, Toilborn are unique creatures of my world. These are the results of dwarves who have literally worked themselves to death. They're angry spirits ignited by fire and heat. Wow, uh, what a setup! What a setup! <laughs> what a setup! Got you good. Oh. <laughs> so now, so now this these creatures are basically uh, it's it's like stoking a, a dying flame, as it were. So these creatures will actually die on their own because they are on a timer, as it were. Um, but until that point in time, they will work and they will do whatever it is they think they should be doing with the utmost vigor until the point in which they expire. This is my world's closest equivalent to a zombie plague. For if any of them manages to kill someone, it burns them from the inside out and spreads onward. Should they fell any of you and bring you to zero, anytime you would lose, uh, anytime you would fail a death saving throw, you would fail two. And if you would crit fail, you will fail three immediately. 
and when you die would would incarnate as one of these creatures this is a known fear of the dwarves um in my world um this is why taking rest and taking breaks are super important because the, the boogeyman theory is the superstition is you'll become one of these things let's go into initiative shall we yes i am not going to roll 19 initiatives but they are going to be working in groups of five so group a group b and effectively group c who has four people in it we just opened this door right we didn't break through it uh no you have not broken through it so okay. the door is opened and for the most part i mean to burn this out i'm gonna say that um if you can see where the um the water um line is coming from the right hand wall uh you're probably around that area there immediately in order to kind of see this room at its best um also to you know burn as many of the the bodies you know farron did um that's roughly where you'd be which is still a very very short walk to the um to the door there all right uh well that's not great um uh, but that's best for you guys all right yukon what do we have uh that is going to be a natural nine natural nine all right uh okay priscilla 14. Nice. Okay, Farron. Uh, 19. Very nice. And the last Tordek. Nine. Okay, Yukon and Tordek, you are going in tandem. Once again, if you uh, would like to, you may work together on actions to get bonus effects. Uh, the creatures, the Toilborn, will go at number 12. Okay. Uh, so again, you can suddenly feel the heat in this area starting to rise as these creatures stand. Farron, uh, you are up first as you are the one probably most surrounded by these creatures. They are slow to get up, but once they get going, it's, yeah, it's all go. Um, just to clarify, did you say something about further burning them? If we burn them more, something happens? Um, I didn't, but I did okay. say that they are burning themselves out. Right. So whether okay. or not you want to interpret that as if I add more fire to this, uh, they might burn out quicker. You may you may attempt to make some such a posture. I mean, basically, you, you Reyna, know about as much about these actual things as Farron would. Um, okay. These guys are just like boogeymen. These are scary stories. They're These aren't supposed to be around. All right. Um, is there a way to position Farron so that they're all within 30 feet of her? Um, not all of them. Uh, I would say that, uh, within 30 foot of where you currently are is, uh, a good chunk of them. Maybe about 14 of them. Sure. That sounds good. She'll, she'll position herself there, uh, and she'll sort of mutter to herself, um, that's closest cat burns most of all and then she'll use her radiance of the dawn um, and she will just explode this uh, radiant bubble and every hostile creature within a 30 foot radius has to make a con saving throw of 14. Ooh, very nice all right i as previously mentioned will be rolling uh in groups of five i will attempt not to roll a nat 20 on any of them <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so two groups uh, will pass, one will fail. Okay, 
Uh, so let me just roll. It, it's half damage for the ones that failed. Um, so okay. full damage. Nine, 10, 11. Um, so full damage is 17 points of radiant damage. And then mm -hmm. halved for the ones that failed. Okay, 17 points of damage. others all right very well as your glowing light burns and sort of cinders their skin you watch as like bits of their flesh turn to ash and just sort of fleck off them um as they kind of look at you you notice that their eyes have now been burnt out so there's these, just these glowing lights beneath these ashen looking uh cheekbones uh they kind of growl and snarl at you barely able to put together cohesive sentences um their tongue's more like jer dried jerky than anything else uh, they are enraged and are all currently looking at Baron. Uh, you still have a move action and a bonus action, if you would like. Uh, I will... Uh, are any within five feet of me? There are two within five foot of you. Um, I will... Oh, shit. There's so many. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll, um, shoot. I will, you know what? I'll just stay there. I'll stay there. All right, go. You stand by. Uh, Priscilla, you're up next. Oh, I hope this works. Priscilla's going to position herself near, like, one of those things of water. Mm -hmm. And she's going to take her maul and slam it in such a way that it splashes water onto as many of them as she can possibly hit. All right. Um, because okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say that uh, you can make a athletics check, and for every increment that you beat the DC by five, uh, you will get an additional target. Not a great roll, but I got a good athletic, so 13. 13? All right, that'll hit two targets. Okay. Uh, target was five. You got a, uh, You hit the original target, and then you got the 10. Uh, all right, so uh, two of these creatures that are within range uh, now have the stagger. Well, I, it's not a condition. I'm just using the word. They are now staggered, <laughs> meaning that they cannot use a standard action during their turn. Um, they can still move, they can still use a bonus action, but they, uh, because as you've struck them with water, uh, the smoke is sort of spluttering and sort of, uh, it's, it sort of discombobulated them. Um, uh, two of them will be unable to, to attack or, or do things. For this round, let's see how many of these guys are going to activate. Six of them. Uh, I'm going to say that of those six, two, the two that cannot do anything are going to activate in addition another four begin to make their move uh sorry just to yep. finish up my my turn i'm sorry i'm just gonna oh, no, position no, no, go, myself go, 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 go. between the two and i'm going to rage i'm just or position myself between my team and them and then rage but yeah uh very well uh in which case uh the well because keeping in mind they're coming from all around so okay. you'll be able to protect yeah. some people uh and i will give the majority to you however uh one will go for 
Yukon. Okay. Everything's okay, fine. So the ones near Farron aren't, uh, aren't fully animated. They're kind of like still kind of getting up. The fire's still kind of building up. Uh, but two of them that do get up are going for Priscilla as they charge forward. Um, you notice that in their hands they have like just mining tools, pickaxes, shovels, um, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, one of them has like a railway spike looking thing. Uh, and like he uh, basically goes to put it on your chest and then try to hammer it in. That is a natural 20. Oof. Oh. Oof. That was unfortunate, because that's the only way it really does damage. My dope on hunkaroos. <laughs> Hope you didn't want that chest. How many hit points do you have, by the way, just as a, you know, completely... Left or total? Question. Huh? Left or total? <laughs> Left. Uh, 53. Damn. Oh, I don't feel bad. She's a high con, Barb. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I I don't feel nearly as bad. Okay. Yeah. Do do your worst. It's fine. <laughs> Twenty nine damage. Reduced by half, right? Uh, sorry. So reducing that by half would be fourteen. Fifteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah. So uh, basically, uh, yeah. So he's put the nail in, and you're kind of like, what the hell? Because you thought he was going to stab you, so you kind of tense for a moment, but then he didn't, and then, bang! That just goes straight in. You now have a metal rod penetrating your body. Fuck's sake! The second guy comes in with a pickaxe. And rolls a 21 to hit. That will hit. Right. With that, relinquish my dice, tiny mimic. That is six points of damage, halved to three as the pickaxe strikes. Oh boy. Yukon, you are caught unawares. Surprised as out of the uh, out of the water, one of the creatures uh, reaches up and grabs you. Uh, he was kind of like half leaning on the, the surface as he's woken, and he's grabbing you and he's going to try and pull you down and into the uh, the small pool. Uh, I need you to make me an opposed uh, athletics check. Okay. I am not oh, rolling that dice Oh, yeah, anymore. baby. Uh, What'd you get? 17, so that is going to be a 23. That will fail. That fails? Get fucked, me. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, so, as your foot is grabbed, you are pulled into the water and held under it. Um, it's kind of like you're, it's almost like, uh, you're, you've kind of fallen forward as your leg's been pulled back and then something's grabbed onto your shoulder, uh, and behind where your, your shirt is and just pulled you underwater with it. Now the water isn't deep. You could theoretically stand up and be upright, but you and this dwarf are now underwater and you just see the bubble, the water is starting to boil, uh, as the beard is just bubbling. Now the creature is of course, as with the case with the other ones that got wet, uh, is staggered, but it is able to maintain your it, its hold, and it's holding you underneath. Um, which brings us to Yukon. Um, question. Can I yes. use my hero point to uh, try and escape using my bonus action as opposed to my action? Yes, but you okay. must say that you love hero points and they're your favorite thing from a <laughs> system that, that you acknowledge to be 
quite fun. 100%. I absolutely adore hero points from the system that they're from. Almost as good as inspiration. Oh, I was, gonna say that I was gonna say a hero point can be used to get a plus eight to your roll if you use it before you roll, but you know what? <laughs> Carry on. Go on, do your thing. All right. Uh, and it's athletics, you said? Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Big money. Oh, yeah! Natural 20, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he can't beat that. Uh, very well. Uh, you kind of grab hold of his hand and you pull it away from you. Um, you will still need a move action to stand up, otherwise you're still underwater, but yeah, you're you're free from his grasp. Okay, I'm gonna quickly pull my head above the water, <gasps> taking a deep breath in, pulling myself out of the water, and I'll look to my companions and say, there's far too many of them, boys and girls, but I have a way, I think. And I'm gonna pull a rope out of my bag, and as I toss it up into the air, it's gonna hover there as I cast Rope Trick. How high is the ceiling? Uh, the ceiling here is 40 foot high. 40 foot high, perfect. So it's gonna go up about 30 feet high. And at the very end of it, you see almost a bubble that mimics some of the bubbles that are coming out of the water as it kind of almost gives a a mirror-like shimmer to it. And I'll yell to the group, if you want to survive, up you go. And that ends my turn. All right. Uh, Tordek, we're up to you. <clears throat> now the, <clears throat> the rope, can I see the opening or? You can absolutely see the bubble that's over top. The bubble is, give me one second. Um, uh, you see at the end, it's a three foot by five foot kind of bubble that's ho hovering in the air in front of us. It gives a very strange shimmer to it, like almost like a, a pebble falling into water. Now, do how many of these creatures do I have right around me? You have three. Three, so that would hurt that option. Then I will then use my bonus action to misty step to the location where he just described, put myself on top. You suddenly find yourself grabbing onto the rope as you misty step to the, uh, the top of it. It takes you no check to kind of get there and, and hang on. But uh, you are now dangling from about thirty foot up. Oh, is he is he at the top? Like, is he in the bubble? I mean, unless he doesn't want to be in well, the bubble. Oh no, I was going to go in the bubble. I can use my movement to finish going up into it. Then. Okay. Then. Um, so, is the bubble? Can you see into the bubble? You cannot see into the bubble, and it is an extra dimensional plane. Yeah. So, because he can't see into the bubble, he I'd can go only to the end of the go to where he can see, and then he can, you know, again walk into okay. the the rest sure. of it. So I'll then use my movement to climb the rest of the way up. Yep. Not a problem. You and find then, yourself in a bubble space. And then with that, I still got an action. I'm going to peek my head out well, and you can, launch a Sorry, from the, from the inside, you can see outward. Just so you but know. can you cast out of it? Uh, it does not. DM says yes. Carry okay. on. 
All right. Otherwise, I was going to peek my head out and just like appear with my head and shoot a firebolt down at one of the. Do you shoot a firebolt down to... at one of the creatures, or do you shoot a firebolt down at Farron? <laughs> not, not at Farron this time, but the, whatever okay. one was attacking uh, Pea Sugar. So he, I'm gonna reach down and well. launch a firebolt down towards Pea Sugar. Not Pea Sugar, but the one that hit him. Her. I. Keywords uh, not yet in all of that. Jesus Christ, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Uh, Fifteen to hit. That will hit. And so hopefully fire doesn't heal him, but that's ooh, nice. It's Fifteen points of fire damage. Uh, you kill one. Nice. As you as he is struck in the head, his eyes suddenly go out, and you can see these two smoldering embers, just kind of like you know, like the little smoke trails, as it stops moving. Well, fire um, doesn't heal it; it kills it. That's my line of thinking, Tordek. Good job. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us back to Farron. Baron, there are two of these creatures in front of you. Priscilla is on your back, and the others are about to animate, uh, which means there are about four heading in your direction after this, uh, after your turn. So my flaming sphere is still up, and I forgot about it last turn. So I would, I did. I would like to use my bonus action to move the flaming sphere, say, well, it's time to burn, my friends. And then she's going to basically ram as many as she can in a 30 foot like moving it in 30 feet and sure. hopefully ending it in front of like the ones that are near her so that she can hopefully destroy them i can't believe you're going to okay. try and burn your friends um, again okay you can hit uh one of the groups um which is five of these creatures within that 30 foot movement as it were okay. uh they need to make a saving throw yes dex 14 they fail Amazing. So that is 2d6, which is six, seven, eight. Eight points of damage to everyone. All right. They take the damage, but they seem to be slightly resistant to fire. Oh. Oh. Fuck me. <laughs> grand, grand irony, Tordak hit someone who had, like, next to no hit points left. Oh, God. All right. Well, um, how far is this rope from me? Uh, how far is the rope from you? Yeah. Um, probably about anywhere between five to ten feet. Um, okay, I will use my uh, movement to go to the rope. And do I need to use my action to climb up the rope? I'm sorry, I for forgot. Nope. Uh, you can do it as part of your move. Okay, I will do that then. And then for my action, I will cast um, Guiding Bolt at second level um, at the ones near... Um, uh, pea sugar, or sorry, one. Yeah, sorry, one. It's just one bolt. I don't know why I think. I don't know why I thought it was three bolts, but yeah. <laughs> Magic missile. Uh, so that is a uh, oh, dirty twenty to hit. Okay, dirty twenty to hit. Okay, uh, that will hit. Okay. Um. Oops. That is 10, 11, 22 points of radiant damage. Okay, 22 points. That is destroyed. Yeah, so, that's right. 
All right. So there is another that just seems to again disappear and land on the ground. Come on, pea sugar. Let's get out of here. <laughs> no. Okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is Priscilla. Um, so Priscilla will make her way to the rope. Is Yukon at the base of the rope? Yeah, I would be. I'd be right at the base of the rope. No, I haven't moved yet. No, I guess so I could. She's gonna move over to Yukon and grab him, and fireman him up. Um, so using his action, her action to. Uh, grab him. And then, if you'll allow it, I'd like to use my bonus action to pull out a water skin and wet the rope below us. Just in case they try to burn it or touch it with their fiery hands or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very well. Uh, as you do so, um, yeah, you begin to make your way up slowly but surely. Um, anything else? I think that's my movement, my action, my bonus, yeah, so. Okay, very well. Uh, if grabbing him didn't count as an action, then I would hold my action. If something tried to climb up, I'd hold my action to hit it, but that's up to you. No, no, that's fine. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that's not going to count as, as an action. So, okay, yeah. then yeah. Um, then so you're ready to hammer at the ready. Swing. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah, ready to swing, swing down on anyone who tries to get up. Nice. Um, now, I'm going to petition you for that hero point that I gave you. Mm. As the uh, as this is now the turn that they're all going to activate, they're all going to start making their way towards you guys. Thus far, Farron, I believe, is the only one who is, like, partially up. Yukon is still on the ground, as is um, Priscilla. Is that correct? Well, I was using as much of my movement to grab me and Yukon to go up the rope as possible. Yeah, yeah, so you'll be so, kind of at the bottom is what I mean. Is you'll yeah, be we, hanging yeah in terms of order, yeah, we would be on the yeah, lowest. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what I'm going to do is I will consume your hero point for you to make a large attack. This large attack will be an area not designed to deal damage, but to simply knock those in that arc away. If you okay. fail, however, you will be swarmed this round. I'm about it. Let's take a risk. All right. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, if Yukon is assisting. Yep. I'm here. I'm then here both of you may make athletics checks independently. If both of you uh, make the check and pass one DC, I will give advantage to the other. Uh, but if you both fail, then you both suck. Uh, okay. So <laughs> start with your athletics checks, please. Okay. I'll do Go ahead. Before we do this, I, so I was just going to say, just in case this doesn't work, Tordic, you're a worthy ally, and I'd share a pint with you any day. Farron, people yeah. are going to tell you that you're a bit crazy. <laughs> and Yukon. <laughs> uh -huh. You may not have arms, no. but you've got my respect. And she'll go for it. Not as useful. And that is a 25. <laughs> nice. All right. My athletics check. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look down, <laughs> taking key from Priscilla, and say, Theron, 
Yeah, you're crazy. I'm one of those people. Who are you going to tell you that? Uh, Tordek. Uh, I guess you're right. Uh, and Priscilla. You're pretty strong. I kind of like that. Let's not die. Uh, that's going to be a 21. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. So between the two of you, as you're swinging and swiping out, these creatures reach up and grab your your arms, your weapons. But with the added momentum and Yukon's uh, glorious words, you swing out and manage to knock them back into one another, causing them to cascadingly fall, like almost like dominoes. Uh, some of them start crawling over the others to get to the rest as you pull and you climb up the length of rope. As they try to grab onto you, uh, they're trying to pull the rope down, as it were, uh, and they begin to crawl on top of each other to get to you as you make your way into the uh, into the bubble. Uh, and as you do so, I imagine Yukon, you're gonna end the animate the concentration on the animated rope. Yeah, I'm gonna drop the rope. Yeah, and they all just immediately nice fall down. All right. You see below you the growling masses uh, as they look around. Uh, and one by one, over the course of the better part of about maybe 10 minutes, uh, they start to <laughs> and slowly begin to fizzle out. All right, I think we're all right here. We've got about an hour. Now, I don't think we should do that again. Fair end looking in your direction. Look, we we all agreed. We thought that that would be a good idea. How was I supposed to know that it was going to animate them? You know I don't like the, the, the extra dead creatures. Everyone tried... knows of the boogeyman. Yeah, but we didn't know they were the boogeyman. Well, I did. Well, then why didn't you stop me, smart It was hands? a test. I was making sure that you know what they were. Mm-hmm. And let I me tell you, lass, you failed. Well, you failed my trust check then. Well, we don't know. know moving forward, we leave, leave the dead alone. Fine. Fine. But the living ones, well, the living dead, I'm still going to take care of. Well, we don't wake them up. Right. Right. I agree. They can, they can sleep. What do we do? I think we should get out of here and maybe turn that, that spinny thing like the other times. Maybe just get get going. I don't know. What do you think? Looking to the uh, the north, you can actually see there is another door in that direction. Or maybe we uh, go through that that door that looks like we really should go through it. I'm just getting this weird sensation. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> My God to, is um, speaking to me. I'll, I'll point to the door and say, Priscilla, that's north. Just so you know, I know you're, you know, you can't really understand, Look, but. I like my farm up there. I like the light. I'm sorry. All right. Oh, well, that's, Let's go. That's the yeah. north. Heads down. All right. Heading to the north. Popping out of the bubble and falling immediately. 
however high that was, <laughs> onto your right. face. Now, uh, for the sake of expediency, I'm going to say that each of you heal uh, 50% of the damage that you were dealt during resting and recuperating and the like. So however many, much damage you take, heal 50% of that. Uh, you make your way to the next chamber, and of course, naturally, you find another one of these turnstiles. And upon turning it, you hear uh, the sounds of uh, one of the doors opening. Uh, as you return to the central chamber without any failure, that door heading to the north opens. Inside, you see what looks to be a gathering point, a place where uh, dwarves would have likely um, held council meetings, would have discussed matters, things like that. This is more the seat of power here for this particular mine. Uh, and it is a site to behold. A huge battle had taken place here. And um, lying in the center of this chamber is a great and terrifying looking beast. Its head almost like a twisted and contorted skull of a deer. Its body uh, shaped almost like leathery uh, and leather and fur. Uh, and the torn off and ripped appendages of dozens, if not more, uh, dwarves thrown about this place. You can see these corpses have bite marks and claw marks all over them. And most importantly, you see that picks and steel have been used to fell this mighty creature, which lies dead and still before you. Gross. Yeah, I'm going to say one more time. This seems to be the theme of this whole this whole day that we've been having together. But I don't like this. I don't like this one little bit. Especially not with that music. No. Soothing <laughs> music. Oh, actually, yeah. Now that the bagpipes are in there. <laughs> actually, right that's exactly what happens. Priscilla, looking down at the the bodies of the all the dwarves, pulls out her bagpipes and begins playing. Yep. <laughs> what do you think happened here? Maybe this is what they're referring to of what they've done. They unleashed this beast somehow. Yeah. But where did oh, yeah. it come from? I don't know. Is there any like any visible signs of where it would come from? Like did it come through a door or it's just there. Uh, it's strange. With the doors locked, it's almost impossible for it to have come from outside. There's only one place this could have come from, Lass. Where say it? Down. D what? Down. 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 When I was a wee lads. Saw creatures similar to this. Not the same, but similar. Oh, that's it! I've just—I was just—I've seen it before. It was. Uh, I'm just. Alrighty, alrighty. I was waiting for a story there. Me too. Um, is anyone else thinking that maybe it's not a great idea to open those? doors to the north priscilla points at the vault doors how does she know which way is north oh my god 
She does. She she's knows pointing where the door it out. is, and she's pointing at it. <laughs> you schmuck. I don't know. Maybe she's pointing backwards. <laughs> well, I don't know. What should we do? Should we keep going or or what? Like we haven't found what we came for, and I don't know. Pea sugar. You gave these people a nice sand off. It's lovely. Thank you. I do really want to burn everything. I think it's the right no, way to go. No, I know. No, <laughs> not again. I know. You keep I your won't. to yourself. I won't. For now. For now. If it's moving, go ahead. All right. That's that's a fair <laughs> rule that I can that I can live up to. Shall we try the doors? Yeah. I, is there anything else that we can see in this room? Before we go, other than bodies, like uh, the bodies, the signs of war, uh, these cre- uh, the dwarves that are fighting. If you look closely at the dwarves, they also seem to have that black ichor around their lips as well. Okay. And don't ignite them. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> All right, let's try the door. Right. You go for it, Tordek or P Sugar. You're good no, at no. No, Priscilla is is keeping her. She's like in the door frame, just ready to swing in case anything comes out. Mm. I'll use Nate's hand to open the door. All right. Uh, Unfortunately, it requires a key. It looks like a tumbler of some kind. Mm, We got one of those, don't we? Uh, Priscilla will reach into her ample bosom and produce the keys and try one and then the other if it doesn't seem to work. Uh, Neither of them work individually, but when you combine them, She'll combine and, them. <laughs> yep. You can insert the tumbler in, and sure enough, beyond the door opens a vast treasure room filled uh, to the brim with gold, rubies, emeralds, uh, gemstones, and crates laden with all of the um, the best of the uh, the mine has to offer. At the center of this room, a large stone altar with a tablet. Uh, that is uh, on a red velvet uh, sheet and a cushion. It seems to have some strange markings, Not neither dwarven uh, nor human, something old, much, much, much older than you've ever seen before. And that's when, out of the corner of your eye, you see it. Piles, piles of bags stained black and inky. One of the bags opened partially reveals a thick, almost obsidian-styled rock with a vein of like, almost like this uh, glowing, kind of swirling liquid um, gray. You know that this is smog rock in quite vast quantities. We found a bunch of drugs. Is this what they were into? Is this what he's into, drug dealing? I guess. I guess, and look at all this, what happened here, I don't know. I've never tried small grok, maybe this is what caused all the other stuff going on, I don't know. But that's a tablet that we came for, right? So we take the tablet, burn the drugs. Well, <gasps> hold on. I get on. to burn things? Hold on, hold on. I like you a lot, Tordak. Do you know how much this is worth on the open market? And look what it happened to everybody here that knew how much it was worth. 
Right, but we're not gonna fight over it, is what I'm saying. But other people will, and I could burn this, and it would be fun for me to burn this. That's worth more to me than, than whatever. We'd have to Wait. actually put in work to sell this stuff. I you do have a question, though. It, the way that this drug is taken, is it smoked or eaten? Um, okay, so the way this is taken, uh, it is it is crushed and then lit as a powder. Okay. Uh, almost, almost like opium. <laughs> Maybe burning it isn't the best idea in here. <laughs> That's the end. Maybe. With Priscilla and Farron's powers combined, we can do these drugs. <laughs> All right. If cantrip does uh, not condone drugs. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, as you um. As you pick up the tablet and make your way out of the dungeon, um, the truth behind what caused the fall of Albrio is always going to remain a mystery. How did this beast come? How did they kill the dwarves? Why were so many of them victim to the uh, to the allure of the smog rock? And most importantly. Why does the tablet you are leaving with have a soft, barely audible heartbeat? <gasps> I don't like that. that. And with that, we are going to end today's no! session. Priscilla what? would break that at the tablet end of so the... fucking quick. <laughs> at the end of the tablet? Oh. Ah, oh my no. god. Um, oh. Okay. It's very so chilling. I'll, um, I'll, very I'll chilling. give you guys. I'll give you guys. I'll give you guys a bit of a freebie here because uh, who knows when I'll get back to the um, the, the story here. Um, the actual truth behind uh, what had happened here is um, the um, the old man. Um, what was his name? Uh, Gallon. Uh, he actually had a brother, uh, Uljin, who uh, found the smog rock, and they got into a lot of arguments about um, what to do with it um ultimately golden gallon wanted to sell it and and do stuff but um uljin didn't want to so he sealed the dwarves who had fallen victim to it inside the um uh the the vault and then killed himself because gallon wouldn't let that happen so the only way to make sure is is he locked himself in that chamber and um made sure that that gallon couldn't come in so Gallon had abandoned this place for for years up until up until this 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 whole thing, um, and uh, and yeah, that was that was kind of it. As for the creature and the beast, uh, the beast is and was a Wendigo, and had we had a little bit more time, Ooh. I probably would have had the uh, the Wendigo um, come up because again, there was no food, there was no water. Uh, these guys basically worked themselves to exhaustion, then started eating each other, and then um, Wendigo. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, so but cool. yeah no this was this was a lot of fun this was this was great this was amazing thank you so much for having me here uh at the summer one shots because it has been awesome i've had the absolute pleasure of not only playing a couple of times but now gming so yay yes <laughs> thank you what a wonderful job you did absolutely amazing, yes. round, amazing. Of applause. round of applause for dad very well done hold on let me take us out of this there we yeah, go now they can back. see all of our faces um uh, Dag, I want to know why the tablet's heart beating now. Yeah. Can we just? Uh, that's another. That's another secret that comes in when yeah. I eventually I decide to write the adventure for them exploring the uh, the super dungeon. 
um Ooh. which uh which hold on is, are uh, you about to say what it is no 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 okay because i don't no. like spoilers <laughs> no i'm definitely <laughs> gonna say what it is. but it's um but but inside will be a a super dungeon um that uh the, the dwarf because the dwarves basically know a secret of Alestria, uh and that is there was a elder race beyond them um and they are trying to prove it they're trying to prove that there was someone or something around um prior to like the elves and the dwarves and all of that uh and um no one knows exactly what it is so this is kind of tied to that particular bit of lore and a bit of history that's amazing i love it awesome and hey if you want to learn more about dag's wonderful lore world and history go check him out on his channel because he is phenomenal he does this all the time he shows us what it means to be a narrative dm and a cinematic dm he is fantastic um and one of the reasons why we hey shut up i'm trying to talk about you and that's one of the reasons why you idiot shut up i'm trying to compliment you and this is why we love dag over at careful cantrip unequivocally 100 (laughs) percent uh other than that that's all i got dag is there anything else you would like to say to the lovely lovely people out there yeah um yeah, no, uh, a couple of things. Uh, I will say as well. Uh, on Saturday, um, our good friend, community good, good friend, Dreaded GM, is actually doing a big charity event for UNICEF oh, yeah. to uh, help out people who are suffering over in the Ukraine. Uh, so if you want to come and check us out, uh, they'll be doing. I'll be doing some stuff with there. I don't know what I'll be doing there, but we'll be doing stuff. What time are you doing um, your thing there? Because I'm going there I, too. I yeah, I mean, I yeah, be there too. Thing. I, I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm doing yet, because because Dredd hasn't told me. But I've said uh, I'll I'll me do too. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> so we, me, me and Dave might be doing stuff together. We Who might knows? be doing we'll, we'll it. Do. Yeah, we might do. We're doing stream. nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So there you go. Uh. So go check that out and go go help out and donate and stuff like that. And um. You know, as always, uh, as you know, is said here on uh, on this particular channel and this particular show. Uh, be careful out there because it's dangerous, and if you come across uh, undeads dwarves with giant burning beards mm-hmm. if you run away too fast you can trip so be careful 